Is there any way I could convince you to have this iTunes review tattooed on your back? I mean, I might wear a T-shirt. That I think says that, it. I think that might get us some attention. And, you know, this I show think... is about the attention economy. Oh. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast, a three-car pileup at the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. In this episode, we look at strategies for building your audience on Twitter, a new intern finds something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. Plus, we managed to drop in a few truth bombs about ferrets. Speaking of bombs, here's Mindset Digital Creative Director Pete Brown. Yeah, you know, Bria, just one time, if I could get a straight intro. Not gonna happen. <laughs> so as payback, now you and our millions of podcast listeners will be subjected to me waxing old man nostalgic about how great it was when newspapers were a relevant part of our lives. I remember that. I was three. You know, I started my career back in the 1990s in newspapers. And newspapers used to be a thing and a, a very important thing in this country. Sometimes you'd live in a city that had two or three really good ones. The kind that were printed on paper every day and folded up and delivered to your home. I filed stories on deadline, I shot my photos on film, and then I developed that film in the dark room, and then I pasted them up on a page. And I can't quite describe to you the battles I would have to fight if I ever wanted to use the first person anywhere in the newspaper on a page. It was a major, major undertaking. When I think back on these years that I spent making newspapers, it's little wonder that my memories are tinged in sepia. They're not even in color. They're not even in black and white. They just seem like really old, slightly yellowed black and white photos. It's been almost 20 years since my last byline. And in that time, the digital communications revolution has really completely imploded what we thought we knew about traditional media. And it's made it possible for you, if you have something that you want to say, it's never been easier for you to put that out into the world. In fact, it's so easy that we are putting out thousands upon thousands of tweets a second thousands upon thousands of blog posts every day. We're uploading image after image after image. You know, last year when Google and Twitter reached an agreement to bring the stream of tweets into Google search index, it was called the firehose deal because all of these tweets are considered a firehose of information. But here's the thing. We think of, oh, there's Twitter putting out, we are the firehose. We are the ones that are blasting it out and we are the ones that are getting blasted by it. And that's why, even if you have something to say, getting people to read it, or to watch it, or to listen to it, is an entirely different story. One of our founders at Mindset Digital, Dr. Deborah Jasper, talks about this in one of her keynotes, where she says, you know, the new challenge, the new paradigm, is not how do I get my message out. It's how do I get my message in. Because we know we are living in an information age. In this information age, the most valuable commodity we have is attention. Because it's finite. We only have so much of it. And so this stream, this fire hose of information coming at us is competing for it. And in an attention economy, you need to develop not just a distribution strategy, but a consumption strategy. Not just how do I put it out there, but also how can I convince people to listen to it which is all a, a really highfalutin way to tell you that the podcast team here at Mindset Digital has been spending time kicking around ideas about how we can get more listeners for the podcast. 
We've been pretty happy through our first six episodes as we learned how to put a podcast together and develop some processes around that to make it more efficient for us. And we're seeing several hundred downloads of each episode, which is decent starting out. But now that we've refined our production process a little bit, it seems like the right time to turn towards growing the audience a bit. You know, so far to date, I would say so far our promotion strategy for the podcast has been fairly standard. When a new episode comes out, we post about it on our blog. During the week it launches, it appears on our social channels several different times. Many of the employees here will pick those up and retweet them or pass them along or write their own tweets about the podcast. Of course, we're always encouraging those of you who listen to leave a review on iTunes. And if you listen all the way through the credits, to our episodes, there's always an Easter egg at the end to encourage you to do so. And that's a pretty basic promotion strategy. You know, we haven't even begun an email list or a newsletter or some of these other properties. We go all in whenever we read an article on the internet like, seven ways you should be promoting your podcast, or are you doing these five things you need to do? And those articles are great and, you know, they're certainly racking up views, but they do suggest a simplicity that isn't there in the real world because they seem to imply if you do these seven things or you're doing these five things, then boom, success will be yours. And the truth is there's a good deal of experimentation that needs to go on as you put together the sort of core principles behind your hustle and then apply them consistently over time. So the idea that we landed on is to do a series of podcasts on building an audience and not just for podcasts, because as we were talking about who we knew that we might bring in to talk to, we realized it would be neat if each episode in this series focused on a different channel, building an audience on Twitter, building an audience on Snapchat or Periscope, in part because we felt like we could find people in those different channels that would talk to us, and in part because I think and as we talk to people who have had success building audiences on different channels, it will be interesting to see what through lines are there connecting them all up. I do want to point out that I do not believe this series is consistent, like it's not starting with this episode, and then we're going to have two, three, four. But I would say probably over the next six months, you will see a Build Your Audience podcast, and it will be focused on a different channel. So we're starting the series off with building an audience on Twitter, in part because our guest, Mike Taylor, works here at Mindset Digital. Now, Mike has about 7,000 followers on Twitter, and you might be sitting there going, what, that's not a lot. It's a ton, Okay. We don't anticipate that the Build Your Audience series is going to be pulling in the Mark Marins of the world to find out how he has, you know, 2.2 million downloads of every episode of his podcast. We wanted to look for professionals who had recognized a value in a social or digital channel, developed a formula for extracting that value, and then applied it consistently over time. And that is absolutely Mike Taylor's story, as you will hear today. Mike saw some professional value in Twitter way before many of the rest of us did. He is a thought leader in the world of e-learning, and he is a much-respected content curator on Twitter. And so he sits down with me, and we talk really from the beginning, what he started doing when he got on Twitter way much earlier than the rest of us did, and how over time he developed his system. And we do touch on some of the tools that he uses to make his system more efficient as well. We have a new intern in the Mindset Digital offices this week. It's Emma, the on-again, off-again intern. Uh, just to be clear, this is not Emma, the soft-spoken intern from episode four, but a different Emma. It seems like we've had like 43 interns named Emma. 
But anyway, Emma, the on again, off again intern, has interned for us on and off for the past few years. She's here this week, so she is going to take up the challenge of something on the internet guaranteed to make me laugh. We'll see how she does. But before we get to her and before we get to Mike, I'm going to have a brief conversation with Jen Michaels. Now, Jen's a presentation designer here at Mindset Digital, working on her PhD in digital communications and rhetoric, and really a fascinating person. So she asked me some very detailed questions that had me really thinking about what we want to accomplish with the podcast. And so I brought her back into the studio to talk to her a little bit about it. Jen is someone who actually found Mindset Digital through the podcast. She was someone who found the podcast and was a listener before she got hired here. And I suppose hiring everybody who listens to the podcast is probably a pretty good way to get more listeners. I just don't know if we could sustain it for very long. But Jenna and I have a quick conversation, and I give her a special assignment for the Build Your Audience series, and I'm going to send her off, but she should be checking in. So every time over the next five or six months, when you see a Build Your Audience podcast, Jen will likely be on there as well. All right, that's more intro than any one person needs. Let's get right to the show. Good times. This is not a drill. Repeat, this is not a drill. Okay, so joining me now is Jen Michaels. And Jen, you're new to the podcast. I am. And new to Mindset Digital. I am. And what is your job again? I am seven weeks old in Mindset Digital years. I'm the new presentation and live events designer. That's right. And you were a podcast listener. Yes, I was. Before you came here, which is great. And wrapping up your PhD, am I correct? I sure am. I'm doing my PhD at The Ohio State University. And the quick elevator pitches, I study how academics use social media to support their written work. That's right. And you are ABD right now. You're writing your dissertation. Exactly. All right. Good for you. So, and you have no idea why I've asked you to come in today. I have absolutely no idea. Okay. It's going to be fun. Very good. So, here's why. And I don't know if you're going to remember this because this goes back to your very first week here, maybe even your first or second day. My puppy days as a mindset digital artist. That's right. And... um I was just starting to to brief the team on this series of podcasts that we're getting ready to roll out and starting to produce now on building audiences. And we we're talking about who we could bring in for this. And you asked me a question almost right off the bat. Do you remember what it was? I think it might have been, who's our audience? Exactly, right? Who is yes. your audience? And uh, that question really stumped me in a way that it probably should not have. Well, when we started the podcast, we just wanted to start a podcast. It was about learning how to do it. right. But we didn't really think about who our audience was. And I think I said to you, I'm like, oh, well, it's mid-career professionals who are interested in this stuff and want to get up to speed on social media. They know it's important, but they're not sure where to start. Yeah. And as the presentation designer, that's an audience I think about all day, every day. Right. But I don't know that those are actually the people listening to the podcast. And so I've been thinking about that question ever since you asked, asked me. Like, who, who's the audience of the show? Who should it be? Because I, I also felt like we don't come out frequently enough to be like the latest and greatest social media news. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think we're a trusted news source. We're definitely insider talking about things. So what I wanted to do as we kick off this series is give you some homework. And I'd like you to answer the question for us, which is who is listening, right? Figure out who our audience is now. And it's not huge, right? Because we just started. We're five episodes in. So we're getting a few hundred listens, but uh, I'm hoping to grow that number. And then who should it be? Right. Who should who do you think would be interested in the sort of content that we're putting out there? Because as we look at building an audience, it's kind of silly to even put together a strategy until we know who they are and where they are so we can figure out how to talk to them. Well, that sounds like fun. I'm into that. Yeah. And then what I want to do is check in with you. So this is going to be a three or four episode series. 
right? Like I think this one is leading off. We're going to be hearing this conversation as we talk about building your audience on Twitter, but three or four different guests that we're going to have in this series. But in each one, I want to visit with you just about where you are in the process of answering that, because what I think would be neat would be, and I know, I know you're super thorough in your work, right? But if we come out of this, even with a lightweight process of how, how to define your audience, if you're starting a podcast, you know, ask these questions or do these things. I think that would be a neat value add that we could add. Sure. I think that's a great idea. There's a few ways to do it. One is I'm hoping maybe some of our listeners will write in. So if you guys would like to write in, shoot me an email. My email is michaels at at mindsetdigital.com. Again, that's michaels at mindsetdigital.com. Or you can find me on social. I'm at Jen L. Michaels on Twitter and just about every other network. So feel free to just shoot us a quick line. We'd love to know who you are. I think maybe we should start by talking to people that we know are listening. Yeah. We, we know some people in the office are listening. I was a listener before I got here. so How I, did you find out about the podcast? I think... I kind of knew that Mindset Digital was a thing in town. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like cruising through podcasts with the word digital in it. And mm-hmm. I saw Mindset Digital. So I think that's how that happened. But I can tell you why I listen. Maybe we can start with that. I can yeah. be the first crash test dummy, which is, you know, I'm, a, I'm the presentation designer. I'm already my Feedly and my RSS reader is already full of social media news. Yeah. But what's often missing from those news feeds is that commentary. Right? Yeah. People who are muddling their way through and figuring out how something works. And I think that really has value, not only to have other people kind of test drive things for you, but to learn that process of how do people who aren't automatically hip and savvy with a new technology, how do they muddle through? What kind of questions do they ask? What kind of insights do they reach? I think even if it's about a technology that I either already know or maybe I don't intend to try, just hearing that process can be really informative for me feeling brave and excited about other new technologies. So that's really how I became a listener is I was attracted to that aspect of it. Yeah, and as you know, because you put the presentations together, right, those are really, they are 90 minutes of well thought through conclusions, right? And what the podcast really is, is trying to kind of lift, lift the hood a little bit and say, this is the messy process we go through here to arrive at those conclusions. Right. And I think it's now that I'm here at Mindset Digital, I think in some ways the podcast is a little more faithful to daily life here at Mindset Digital. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of what is this sorcery moments in our day-to-day work here at Mindset. And I think some of being a digital pioneer is just getting excited about those moments instead of being afraid of them. Yep. So that's really cool. But I hope we'll hear from some listeners. Um, We'll find out what what. kind of analytics we have. Do you know, Pete, do we have analytics? Are there analytics when you run a podcast? Yeah, so those are all good questions for the smart people that work for me, but not me. (laughs) Um, I do think there are some on SoundCloud, which is where the podcast lives. Great. Uh, So we'll get you in there. And then if you need access to our social channels to put some questions out there, uh, I think we can do that too. So anytime you read about how to start a podcast... The first recommendation is always know your audience and what you're going to talk about, right? And it's kind of hard when it's a pretty broad world like social media, right? Like if I'm like, I'm totally into rock climbing, this certain kind of rock, (laughs) I'm going to be able to find the people who are interested in listening to that, right? Right. And my challenge is how do we make this interesting and relevant and not just for social media professionals or marketers, right? Because I feel like they know a lot of this stuff. I think they might be interested in hearing what we're thinking about it, just as I'm interested in hearing what they're thinking about in the various things they publish. But And are there tweaks to the format that once we know who the audience is, we think might land the show a little bit better for? Cool. Well, I'm excited. You know, uh, one of the things that I've started doing as the presentation designer is going to the keynotes and going to the workshops and seeing firsthand yeah. how people react. Yeah. 
So I'm even seeing things now like when Deborah mentions the podcast, I can actually see some people looking very confused and some people taking out their phone and looking for it. So I might even be able to get us some firsthand recon. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be amazing. So we'll check in, uh, I think, at least four times throughout here. So and I know you're a super fast worker, so you don't have to be completely done by the next episode because we need to stretch the content out. We will. We'll make it last. Very good. All right, Jen Michaels, I'm super glad that you're here at Mindset Digital, by the way. You've been nothing but a pleasure to work with. And, you know, anyone who starts their first week by asking me a question that haunts me is off to a great start. Well, Pete, I can say the same of you. It's great to work with a cheerful guy who's the creative director. He's just as nice in person as he sounds on the podcast. All right. Good times. So, Mike, first of all, good to see you. You too, Pete. And uh, I looked up your stats here today, uh, this morning. You are at 7,176 followers. Yep. And 19.8 thousand tweets. Right. Coming in on 20,000. That's right. So, you joined Twitter uh, in January of 2007. Right. Just to put that in context, Twitter launched in March of 2006. but really did not take off until March of 2007 at South by Southwest. Yep. So so you were actually several months even ahead of when people started to know what Twitter was. So tell me a little bit about what you thought when you first stumbled onto that tool. Yeah, so when I first started, so I, I try a lot of things and, you know, some stick and some don't. Uh, I think I had a Twitter account for a pretty fair amount of time and didn't really know what to do with it probably took me maybe a good year before I kind of got to a consistent bit of usage with it. I got you. When did it start to click for you that you could, you could use this in a, you know, this is a tool that's going to stick. Yeah. I think the first time I attended a tweet chat. So there's a Thursday nights, uh, learn chat. Yeah. Hashtag is L R N C H A T learn chat. And I tell you what, it was such a, I'll say it's a revelation to find people who are doing what you do, you know, looking for new things, trying to improve their craft, that kind of stuff. So that's what Learn Chat is. It's it's an hour of shared time of all those kind of people discussing yeah. topics that are relevant to your profession. Right. So that's when it started to click like, oh, there there is a good role for this tool. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times there's people in training departments that are sort of a training department of one. Mm-hmm. And to be able to find those other people that you wouldn't otherwise have access to was really super, super valuable. Now, I know, you know, you've been on the podcast before and kind of sharing your your current strategy, um, you know, the sort of personal knowledge management, how you find content and how you share it. How did that develop over time? Yeah, so I think it all starts with, you know, I'm just curious by nature. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether you call it laziness or efficiency, always looking for better ways to, yeah. to make things uh, better. And so it sort of grew out of that. And, you know, I pretty quickly realized the the access you have to people and, and knowledge and, and that sort of stuff on Twitter yeah. is pretty incredible. How did you start to grow your followers? You know, I never really had that intent. Right. You know, I was, always did it for myself. One of the biggest misperceptions about Twitter is it's people tweeting about their lunch. Right. And then in reality, you know, you just don't follow those people. Yeah, that's right. So you can get a lot of value just by reading other people's tweets and following people that share valuable information and are interesting to you. Right. So I started sharing it when I found things that I've read or things I came across because I thought, well, there's other people that are like me. Right. And I mentioned training departments of one and that kind of stuff. 
So I thought, well, if I can use this, there's probably somebody somewhere else who can also use it. Right. And so, you know, my whole Twitter strategy really relates to, do I think somebody's going to find this useful? You went to the Learn Chat, and then I would imagine you would follow a bunch of people Absolutely. There and then Absolutely. find yourself getting followed back if you, you were contributing. Exactly. Okay. So it seemed like for me in those days, you know, I would attend one of those and either I would always count on following right. 10 or 20 new people. And then likewise, you would probably get followed by a similar right. number. And then uh, as you would post content on your blog, which is sort of, I guess, the center of your digital empire. My home base. Yeah. Share that content out via Twitter. Did you have any point in there where... You saw a huge jump in followers in a sh- in a short amount of time. I like, can't I, recall. I, I keep thinking if I write one really witty tweet, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna you know. You know the the biggest jumps, whether it's Twitter or sharing your own blog post or whatever, it seems to be like one of the one one post that I had that was pretty popular was I think I did fifty or a hundred people learning and development people that you should follow on Twitter. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things sort of baked into that where I'm mentioning yeah. people so you have some social aspect to yeah. it. Yeah. And it's people helping other people who are new to it. So so those things, and again, it's always coming back to what's useful for other people yeah. that are following you. How about now, I've, I've seen you in the past use some tools or uh, at least like once a, once a week you're, you're thanking people who've interacted with you on Twitter. Yeah, there, there are some tools. Community is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of dabbled with those. I'm not sure where I landed with that. Yeah. I'm not doing it right now. It kind of comes and goes. I find a new one. And um, as, as a general rule, I try to stay away from too much automated stuff. Yeah. You know, those automated direct messages That's and right. that kind of stuff. Or I, yeah. I don't, I'm not crazy about I, them. I read a report too, where somebody like, there's a tool where you can put in kind of keywords Yeah, and it will automatically follow people who tweet with, with those keywords and sort of the theory being those people will follow you back. But Boy, that can get you into trouble fast. Well, you know, you know? I, I'm always afraid of doing that stuff yeah. because if your goal is just to get to a number or a certain number yeah. of followers, yeah. I think that's not really the point. Sure. I just, I'm not comfortable with that automatic machine yeah. logic approach. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, how, uh, how much time do you devote each week, do you think, to? Well, you know, that's one of the great things about Twitter is you can sort of fill gaps okay. with Twitter. Yeah. So... You're waiting for your cup of coffee at Starbucks in the morning or yeah. that kind of stuff. I don't do the tweet chats as much as I wish that I could. Yeah. So those are typically an hour. Yeah. Once in a while, I'll find myself trying to steal away to uh, learn chat or chat to learn or one of those right. guild chat. You know, that's like a, a nice treat for me to be able yeah. to steal an hour to do that. But uh, typically, you know, maybe an hour total if you add up all the little windows of time where right. I'm just sort of dipping my toe in to see what's happening. Twitter lists are great for that too. So if you just want to dump into a particular interest area right. and you've got a list, you don't have to go through the whole stream. Let's talk a little bit about some of those things because uh, we've both taught workshops on on the same undercard as it were. <laughs> for, you know, when they, they right. bring in Betsy and, right. and Deborah to do the main thing, but we get these undercard right. workshops. And I remember the one uh, in Nashville uh, late last year where where you kind of opened the session and it was a room of, I would say, uh, you know, well-intentioned but highly skeptical trainers. Sure. And, and your statement to them was, you will, by the end of this session, understand how Twitter can, can benefit you professionally, even if you're not posting anything, right? Right. Because right. they just weren't, they're like, first of all, they were working in a highly regulated field and I think they were super nervous sure. about it. But talk about like when you meet people who are like, well, why would I use Twitter professionally at all? Well, you know, um, Jane Hart has, for the past oh, eight or nine years or so, she's compiled a list of the top 100 learning tools. 
and it's people around the world. It's yeah. a couple thousands of people who are submitting their top 10 and then she compiles those. Mm-hmm. So for the past several years, the number one learning tool has been Twitter. Yeah. And so that's people's personal learning. And that's always a surprise to people yeah. because I don't think people realize the value and the connections that you can pull from Twitter. Well, and I think too, right, there's so much content out there right now. And anytime you try to programmatically curate that for yourself, it gets dicey. But if you find people who you think are good curators, absolutely, it's like it's this perfect marriage of sort of the human brain, what we're good at, assessing information, saying it's valuable. Absolutely. You know, so that when you post something on Twitter, I have a high degree of confidence I'm going to find it useful or at least interesting. Right. And, you know, I can speak for myself. I go through, I see something that's got a great title. I think, oh, this is going to be awesome. And, you know, the the automated sort of algorithmic things never get much past that. I'll click into that. I'm like, oh, you know, this is garbage. You know, it's clickbait or something like that. So that human sort of verification and sign off is is really big. But do you ever post stuff that you think is cool, but it might be outside the realm of learning? Well, you know, I think that's a thing that a lot of learning folks should try to do is try to get outside their bubble. Yeah. So, you know, if it's some really cool marketing yeah. thing that we might be able to use and apply in a different right. way. Right. So that kind of stuff I absolutely seek. Yeah, right. Because I I would say you your stuff, you post way more about design than I think most learning professionals that I follow. And, you know, and then the other aspect is, too, I'll just take an interest in something. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if design is what I'm trying to learn and improve skills for myself, then I'm going to have more of that. Or if it's something else, then, uh, you know, it's there's kind of a personal angle there, too. Yeah. That's always been my problem is this kind of lack of focus, (laughs) not just on Twitter in life as well. (laughs) I can relate. Yeah. You know, but like my, so I have 800 followers, but probably 500 of them come from when I managed a very specific technical community for Microsoft. Sure. Sure. You know, and you know, God love them. They stuck with me as my career moved on. I don't think they're finding a whole lot of value in what I'm posting now, which is way more design and interaction stuff. But then I will, you know, if we're managing the back channel for a conference, I always feel like I need to retweet whatever right. we're putting out there just to help with the numbers and such. Right, right. So, so it's weird if you're following me because I, I, there's things I have to say about baseball and now I'm talking about life insurance. And, you, you know, and you know I, I don't mind that. I, yeah. I kind of actually enjoy seeing those personal glimpses of people. Yeah. Um, I just don't do it because when I'm doing personal stuff, yeah. it's just yeah. not where I have yeah. my... my uh, you know, phone out or whatever, which is which is fine. And, yeah. and I don't think there's a, a right or wrong strategy. Yeah. You know, whatever works best for you, it yeah. works. You know, th- there are obviously people who are tweeting about what they had for lunch. Right. And then those people are probably not going to get very many followers. That's so. right. That's right. Okay. So I, I imagine you're picking up new followers every week just because you're always putting content yep. out there. Do you yep. send them a message or welcome them or do anything? I don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I use likes a lot for things that, mm-hmm. you know, people retweet something or add a comment or something. Yeah. And, that's sort of like my just, you know, yeah. give them the high five. Yeah. Well, about how many do you pick up every week? Maybe 30, yeah. 40 maybe. Okay. But you, I know, do a lot of your reading in the early, you're an early riser. Yep. And you do a lot of your reading probably on an iPad or something like iPad, that. iPad, oh, yeah. dark 30, that's right. Yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, using Feedly? Feedly is my primary consumption sort of aggregator. Brings it all in. Mm-hmm. And then when you like something, you uh, throw it into your buffer. Yep. Right. And then Buffer, do you let Buffer schedule it out for you? Uh, yeah. I let I just do the automatic scheduling option. It somehow analyzes yeah. your followers and yeah. gives you an optimal times. Yeah. yeah. And so I'd say you easily have 
probably three or four tweets every day over the course of the work week. You, you don't do it on weekends? Yeah, so I schedule uh, five a day. Right. So the maximum in buffer is 10 for yeah. the free account. So I, I gotcha. figure that covered me for two days. Yeah. And I try to keep that full. You yeah. know, sometimes the the feeds are more, uh, so more you're, valuable you're than others. You're just using that free account on Buffer. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. And the nice thing about that, I think we may have referenced when we talked about Buffer before, is if I, if I have no time to read my stuff, yeah. but I just want to kind of keep that full, yeah. you know, Buffer's got this nice feature. You can go in and rebuffer. re-buffer so if yeah. there's something good in your past, you just rebuffer yeah. it and run it again. Yeah. I've even found my tweets about the podcast. I need to rebuffer them probably two or three times. Right. Absolutely. Just to get some, some traction. And I think it. that's totally fine. You know, some people don't ever want to retweet the same thing again. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if I have 7,100, whatever, yeah. no, but not everybody's going to see yeah. that. Yeah. And I think it's as long as you don't have – and I see those feeds where it's the same tweet retweeted like 50 times in a row. As long as you're not yep. doing that, I think it's totally fine to do it two or three times. You would be doing this – I mean, you would be reading this stuff regardless. Absolutely. What you've really done is just developed a system where it's a couple of clicks to share it out. Yep. It's a, it's a one button in Feedly. Yeah. I may add a comment. I may – Add an image if I have time. Not always. Sometimes it'll it'll come through. So takeaways for for how you've gotten you know. So you have certainly you have more followers than everybody here at Mindset Digital. I think combined probably. <laughs> I think our corporate account has around three thousand okay, thirty five hundred. That's pretty you good. Know? Yeah. And, and we're putting content out all the time. I think we could do a better job at our in person events. And getting sure. People to follow us. Sure, absolutely. It's the kind of the cobbler's shoes. Yeah. When I kind of think back over your story, it's one. So pretty clear focus. Yeah. A regular publication schedule. Yep. Right. Some mm-hmm. sort of way. I think what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes the link to your video about your PK. Oh, yeah, system. absolutely. Would yeah, that be all idea. right? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Because that way people could watch that and, and it's hard to hear about it and understand it, but once you see it in that video, absolutely. That kind of lays it out. And then I would say participate participating in, in chats where you're gonna find people who are around that same focus. That, yep. that you have. Great. It's a great way to find others to follow and, and, yeah. and pick up followers. How many people a week do you follow, do you think? You know, I don't even yeah. I don't even know. I don't have a sense of that. Yeah. And and I'm pretty free with following. So if you're yeah. anywhere remotely talking about stuff that I'm interested yeah. in, I'm gonna follow you back. One of the reasons that you, you can be so free about it is you you have so many lists that you've organized your people. Right, into. right. That's really that's really a, a, a big help to yeah. segment because I couldn't fo- I think I follow five or six thousand people. Yeah. You just can't keep track of that. So it's sure. nice to segment them into some buckets, right? Based on your interests. And so yeah. I'll have two or three lists that I'll. Yeah. If I've just got a minute. I'm going to drop into those. I'm on one of one of your lists. Absolutely. I think I'm on like two mindset li- digital lists. I'm on two, two lists. Two lists. Yes. Career. So <laughs> okay. So focus, participation, regular publication. Yep. Here's my big question because I was kind of hoping we'd sit down to do this and you'd be like, all right, Pete, there's one secret to this. (laughs) And you do this thing once and you have thousands of followers, but it sounds like much like life, it's about doing the work. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. You know, and so it's kind of slow and steady wins the race is sort of the, my approach that's that's worked out. That's right. And that, and you're like an ultra marathoner, right? Uh, You've done these 50 mile running races. Yes. Yes. Well, that all makes sense now. So it all is uh, cohesive in that sense. Suddenly 7,000 seems kind of (laughs) low. Well, you know, it's over the course of 10 years. Yeah, sure. Figure, break it down. It's yeah. really not that many to a day. Is LinkedIn also on your buffer? Is that the other? Yep. Yeah. So, so I will not always, majority of the time, they just, just the same stream yeah. of things that I'm sharing. I do this a lot. Like I, I go to buffer and I have the same Twitter and LinkedIn, but I'm like, 
I'm only going to post this on Twitter. I think I think a lot of it is because I've glanced through the article pretty quickly. Yep. And if I post it on LinkedIn, I want to be I want to feel pretty strongly about it. Yeah, I'm kind of similar to that. My, by default, everything will go to both because yeah. it's pretty focused on relevant stuff. If I go back in to do re, to uh, rebuffer things, right. typically I only do that on Twitter. I don't rebuffer very much, very 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 infrequently on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I think really the key of, of the story you're telling me is engaging. So. You know, I've had people say to me, I'm tweeting all the time and I still only have 15 followers. And and I think what you would say to that person is, well, who are you, who are you following? Right. You know, who are you engaging with? Who are you sending messages to and right. from? Right. You know? Absolutely. So the conversations, replies, you yeah. know, retweets yeah. are another good way to, to kind of yeah. get followers. My biggest three things, if I was giving advice to somebody who wanted yeah. to sort of grow their, their audience would be, you know, share things of value, uh, be consistent. Yeah. So, you know, you, you, if I pop over and somebody looks interesting and they haven't tweeted since 2012, yeah. I'm probably not going to follow. So, uh, be consistent. And then if you're looking for the, the sort of magical secret yeah. that you mentioned before, yeah. I would say add images. Uh, I notice yeah. a big difference yeah. in engagement just from adding a, an image. So the perfect tweet for you, you have some sort of personal comment, the link and an image. Yep. Is that right? Yep. And it's about something super useful. See, I try to do that too. And sometimes I find like, well, I know soon Twitter is going to allow like links won't count against your 140 characters. Yep. So, right. So that's right. going to make it my job a lot. Because all the time, what I want to say. It's a challenge, right? Because, yeah. you know, 140 can be pretty tight. And I always find myself, not always, often, well, I wish I just had 150 or 155, right? Yeah. Like this, it just, it's tough. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, so that's coming. I, I keep checking every day because I was posting stuff yesterday and it still hasn't quite happened. You now can do two-minute videos, up to two-minute video yep. native on Twitter. Uh, any other developments on Twitter that are recent that you think were pretty neat? Or Taking the limit off direct messages, so mm -hmm. now you can you can do yeah. that is, yeah. uh, was a nice thing. I, I still get, hey, how did you get so many characters yeah. in that message? Let me ask you this. So. Um, Today's Friday. You, you did a post on your blog today yep. that went out about some just cool tools you found recently. Yep. And then you tweet about it. Do you like tag those companies whose tool you're talking about or do they just find it? Or So if I am good, automatically the blog post will automatically generate a post to Twitter. And then what I'll do back is like I think I had four or five tools in there is I'll go back this weekend and I will pull out each one of those and mention those tools or companies as an individual. And so, you know, there, there's some things like that where you can yeah. kind of take one piece of content yeah. and then sort of get some mileage out of it yeah. and, and repurpose things that way. Yeah. I feel like we haven't been doing that with our podcast and that would be a good thing for us to do because we do talk about tools a lot. And I think there's, you know, and especially people who are building training. I mean, you've got yeah. little stats in there and you've already got imagery. Most places I think have got content. You just have to put the lens on it. So how can I repurpose this for something else? So, you know, my, my, one of my personal taglines, work smarter, not harder. That's right. And instead of trying to create all this stuff specifically, we'll look at what you have and then try to repurpose it. There's one I didn't even think of, but it's, I think when people are like, okay, you have to sit down and develop your Twitter strategy, that that seems like a huge mountain to climb. I'm not that good. No, <laughs> not right? that good. No, I think you have to. I think there's lessons that you learn that you can't learn any other way than by doing it. You know, you do it, it works, and you say, okay, that's good. Sure. It fails, you say, not going to do that. I just, yeah. you know, the planning and the all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's great. I'm not that good, and I yeah. think you just got to do it and learn your lessons along the way. Okay, so uh, you can follow Mike at T Mike T on Twitter, and you might be his seven thousand. 
175th. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Pete Brown Says, and you'll learn about all sorts of things. <laughs> a very worthwhile follow. That's right. So, well, let's uh, let's put a lot of stuff in the show notes. Can we put like links to when those chats are that you were talking about? Absolutely, absolutely. They're they're good ones. How do you find those? Like, if I was say I'm not interested in Learn Chat, but I want to find a chat about web design or something. Well, so hashtags. Yeah. So people you follow, you'll, you'll catch that hashtag. So people in your field or whatever your interests are, you, you pick it up from yeah. the people what they're sharing. Uh, there's also, we can put in the show notes, somebody put together sort of a collaborative Google Doc spreadsheet. Oh, very cool. And it's a big listing of all these Twitter chats. All right, Mike. Well, hey, I appreciate you breaking it down for me. Uh, I am a little disappointed. There wasn't like one who like, oh, well, P, what you do is you pay $25. <laughs> by 10, See, no, I'm, 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 I'm cheap and poor, so yeah. I don't have any money to spend on this stuff. So I got to do yeah. it the organic way. We will uh, We'll follow up in the show notes. Will you tweet about it? Absolutely. All right. Good times. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Good times. Something on the Okay, so now we have on again, off again, Emma. That's me. I'm back. And uh, now you, we have a lot of interns named Emma, so it's important that we differentiate them. Yeah. There's you only are, two of us. You were, I think, the, the very first Emma intern that we had. I was, yeah. Right? Back in like couple summers 2014, ago? I think, okay. yeah. And so the reason I call you on again, off again, Emma, is because you interned for a while. I think one summer you entered for us in the mayor at the same time. I did, yeah. And then you were, you know, then sometimes you intern remotely from college. Mm -hmm. You do research for us. And then, okay, so you are a junior going into your senior year. Senior year, yeah. At Kenyon. Yes. And sociology? Sociology with a concentration in law. And you've done some interesting research projects in the summer, I know. Yeah, I've done a couple of things. Um, Last summer I was at Kenyon doing a research fellowship. Um, about the community there. And this summer I wasn't doing research, but I was working for a law firm in Atlanta. And I know uh, some of the things you've researched for us. Uh, actually, episode three of our podcast where we did the mega stream, I had you researching how we stream onto YouTube from a mobile phone. So you've actually had a hand oh, in the podcast without okay. realizing it, right? There. I had you research ferrets for me one time. You did, but you know what? You didn't heed my advice. I know, that's true. Yeah. So actually, I think the research was solid. It was just my... This is my son said, if I get straight A's, can get a ferret? And I'm like, what's the chance of that? <laughs> he Did he get straight A's? Yes. Oh, no. So uh, You can't make so that there's promise. There's a ferret. Yeah, I know. I know. I even, I I even like, had links to how gross their poop is. I know. Is that true? It was Have ve- you seen that? Oh, my God. It's terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why do you think I don't invite your family over tomorrow? <laughs> Because of the ferret. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, so. with knowing, knowing what I know now after that research, yeah. I don't think I would want to see it either. Okay, so you've listened to the podcast? I have, yes. You know how this works? I do know how this works. We've done the chit-chat part. That's what that was. It's over with. It's time to get serious. Anything you want to tell me about how you approached your task? Yeah, you know, I've been pretty anxious about it. i got to be honest. Um, I have felt an amount of pressure, you know, not going to lie. Sure. Um, And I've done a lot of um, asking around. Okay. Um, I've asked a lot of people in this office Mm -hmm. and I've asked my parents and I have asked friends and I've, I've really tried to put, you know, solid groundwork into this. I should just interject for listeners that uh, Emma's parents are old friends of mine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was like, what would make Pete laugh? And they had a couple of ideas. So uh, I Googled a lot of things. I I spent a lot of time Googling. Um, It was, it was interesting research for sure. Where does it rank on the list of things we've had you research? 
You know, I would say that the ferret is always going to be number one. So yeah, maybe pretty a, good kind of two, right? number three. Okay. Yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, okay. Let's take a look. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So once again, we are on YouTube. We are. And it looks like we are looking at a video called... <laughs> Video response to the weirdest dog ever. Yes. This video's only had 76 views, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. I don't know why. Um, Maybe it's like this guy is scraping it from somewhere else where I, it has I millions of I think so, because views. I actually, when I was, because um, I'd found this a couple of days ago and decided, okay, this is the one. Okay. Um, I... I don't know where the original one that I had watched, so okay. I just typed this in just now when I was okay. pulling it up. So well, we'll definitely the get, quality yeah. might be a little bit worse. I hope it's not one of those where it starts out what you think it is, and then it turns into some sort of weird propaganda for some I'll be agenda. really upset. I'll be very upset. I would think that would be hilarious, though. So, <laughs> so we'll you have a goal. I, I mean, you know, whatever, okay. whatever it takes. Video response to the weirdest dog ever, and yes. this is on again, off again, Emma. Okay, and we're starting out, and it looks like there is a weird dog, and he's on some sort of bed with a striped comforter on it. Yeah, think that's a comforter? I think that's a comforter. I think that's a sheet, but I'm going to press play. Could be a sheet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that is the single greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Holy cow, you're going to get a high five in the sound booth. That was awesome. Wow, I'm so proud. And it still keeps going. It, it goes. And now it's good. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just going to describe what, what I just saw. <laughs> so there was a little dog, which he looked like a, a miniature poodle. Yeah. But had, who had just been like shaved down, right? But <laughs> his head was still shaved. poofy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's on the bed. And, and so he must have been in real life just like barking like crazy at this person. Yeah. yeah and I've just... Around. And this looks apparently like a Russian video here. Yeah, this says Studio Bolt 2008. So um, so he's barking like crazy. They've pulled that audio out, and they've just replaced it with the guy <laughs> going, <laughs> which is, first of all, like literally what I hear in my head when I talk to the interns here. <laughs> yeah, I go through life not knowing why I make people so angry, so it always right. sounds like that. Right, but that right. was really fun. Let's watch it again. Okay, one more time. <laughs> He's so in earnest. I know. <laughs> and here's the best part. This is going to make great radio. Right? Because we get the audio of this guy. What do you think that dog's name is? Probably something like... <laughs> can't even focus. <laughs> I feel like something like... I don't know. What's a name that a very small, annoying dog would have? Like Peppy... Peppy, Petey. Yeah. But so that's, if, that's a, if that's a Russian <laughs> video, Petey. though, they'd call him Pedja, right? So when okay. I was in Russia, the old women I worked with would call me Pedja, which meant like Petey. There you go. Yeah. I used to call my son that when he was a baby. Yeah. Then he grew up. Not anymore. Now he has a ferret and we're enemies. <laughs> but are, right. the question is, though, are you and the ferret enemies? You know, to be honest, he's a fine ferret. He's super friendly and stuff. I just, he just really has a certain scent. Yeah, no, and, for sure. And... So we control it, but I always have to be on top of my son. You got to clean the cage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. so much bringing a ferret in as bringing in dad's got to be a jerk about this on a regular basis. Yeah, that makes sense. Do not, do not get ferrets. No, there's no way. I mean, the research that I did, it is, it'll stay with me. Yeah, very good. Well, I'm glad I've had positive impact on your life. That also makes unique 
amongst all the interns we've had here, Incredible. right? Because I can point to one thing <laughs> that for sure I know I have passed along, which is getting a ferret is a terrible idea. It is, yeah. Well, I want to say congratulations. You, you did a great job Thank with you. this video. So relieved. So I want relieved. you to immediately text me the link so I can okay, send it to my I kids. I will do that immediately. Yeah. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. All right. So Peter, on again, Peter. off again, Emma. I don't know if we're going to see you again at the holidays. Sometimes you're here. So yeah, sometimes. I know, assume you'll be back on again at some point. Just see where the wind takes me, really. Okay. Good work, Emma. You're supposed to say thanks, Pete. <laughs> thanks, Pete. <laughs> this episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast was produced by Pete Brown, Jessica James, and me, Brievel Schultz, and featured Mike Taylor, Jen Michaels, and Emma Welsh Huggins. If you like the show, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or reaching out directly at podcast at mindsetdigital.com. Um, so, Bria, yes. I, uh, I got some data here. Okay. Now we're episode seven. Would you like to know how many reviews on iTunes we've had? Yes. One. Was it you? It was not me. Was it me? <laughs> it was not you. It was <laughs> someone calling themselves OHM-OH, Home, Ohio. Uh Five stars from OHMOH. Oh they write, gosh. smart, engaging, and useful too. Well done, Mindset Digital. That's amazing. I know. We finally got one. Wow. So if we get one review for every seven episodes, okay. when we're around episode 700, I think we'll start to trend on iTunes. <laughs> So we only got to do this for the next how many years? What I'm saying is, if, if, you're, if you're listening this far into the show, please leave us a review. It's quite possible we will read it on the air. We will be like, O-H-M-O-H, you are the best reviewer in the world on iTunes. Thanks for your review. It totally rules. You can't see me, but I'm dancing. So here's the one thing. This is why the star rating is important. Are you ready? Okay. Because if you just read what they said yes. without stars, yes, and you added a slow clap to it, it <laughs> changes then becomes, well done, Mindset Digital. This, so, but this person was very kind and gave us that, five stars. That's right. So Thank the five you. stars, I yeah. think, suggests no slow clap. Right. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. Some music in today's episode came from the website audionautics.com and is licensed under Creative Commons 3.0. Brian Hake and Kevin Davison created our interstitials. Audio mastering was done by Jeff Gellert of Allegro Media Design. We'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode. On behalf of everyone at Mindset Digital, I'm Bria Schultz. Good times. Good times. Oh, shout.